I literally just started sitting down every day and just started getting connected to my breath. And I started just deep breathing and, and kind of just started feeling this slow but steady calm started to just like a wave just taking over my body and just like, okay, this is like my, this is like a place that I can go for safety. And so I kind of just kept, I kind of just stuck with it at week after week. And then all of a sudden we were at three weeks and then six weeks. And I can tell you at six weeks, I started noticing a, uh, just a, a huge improvement in being able to like kind of decipher thoughts of which ones I wanted to kind of subscribe to and which ones I were like, okay, like those are heavy. That's not, that's not the truth. Like what is true for me? And the breath really helped me started to just tap into deeper dimensions of, of myself. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Andrew Genovese. Andrew is a dimensional breathwork teacher, healer, nutritionist who specializes in helping people move toward wholeness. On his journey to heal his own traumas, he found breathwork and his purpose to bring balance and healing to the global community through various practices from all around the world. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Drew. Happy to be here. Let's <laughs> let's make some waves. Let's do it. Absolutely. You know, uh, Andrew, when I was researching you a little bit, I, I I know that you, you know, as a younger person, you know, you travel, you did a lot of a lot of world traveling. And I know at one point you even started a hostel in Nicaragua. Uh, maybe just talk about sort of what motivated you to do all this traveling, you know, in your in your younger years. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was super drawn to exploring the world actually through a roommate in university. Uh, I was about, let's see, 21, 22 at the time. And being roommates, he would he would pull out his laptop and he would be like, yo, brother, c come check this out. And he would just start flipping through pictures of him in, uh, in Asia and in Greece and uh, Eastern Europe and in Latvia and Hungary and and Ukraine and all these other places. And I was just like, wow, this is epic. Like if like, why don't more people do this? So uh, at that point, that's kind of when I started just kind of venturing outside of the box. And um, yeah, I, I not long, not long after living with him for only six months, I finally got a passport and I literally just booked a trip to Brazil by myself. And I just flew to Rio de Janeiro for like three and a half weeks and ever since that trip, I was just totally just blown away with being in another place in the world and observing people and watching how they interacted and being in this place where I didn't know the language at all and no one knew me, but I was just so fascinated by just observing people in different cultures and, and the way they used their hands and spoke to one another and the way they showed affection and uh, I was just captivated. Um, and so from that moment, I just knew that I was going to just continue to be exploring the globe for, for many, many years to come. And, you know, uh, that, that led me to eventually, obviously over years of, of kind of just slowly awakening to how corrupt all the systems were and 
how corrupt our food was and all the systems. Uh, I was like, this just like this just isn't a life. <laughs> like like just punching a clock and then just checking out for a couple weeks a year with just barely enough time to even like enjoy life. I was like, this just everything about this is just wrong. So I just continued to travel because it just lit up my soul and it made me and it made me feel whole and it made me feel excited about life. So I just continued to go back to it. Um, and yeah, that that pretty much led me to opening up my hostel because I was like, how can I live a life where I can actually be free and mm. live in joy and do things I like to do and be surrounded by people who like to see the world like I do? And so that's what led me to to Nicaragua. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I've actually spent a couple of weeks in Nicaragua. I, I have some friends that were working down there and, and love, love the country. What what prompted you to to decide to open the hostel in Nicaragua in particular? Yeah, my business partner and I at the time, we, we just kind of were just brainstorming in places we wanted to be. Um, obviously, everywhere came up, Europe, Asia, you know, Australia, New Zealand, uh, all throughout the Americas, Central America, South America. And we kind of just landed on Central America because it just made most sense with the most, the majority of the people we knew, him being Canadian, me being from California, and people we knew um, being able to fly down to come check it out. And so it wasn't like too far from California or Canada. And there was lots of opportunity there. A real like the country is everywhere in the world really started obviously taking off with all the explosion of social media in 2008, nine and 10. That's where like really everywhere started to get on the map and people would just learn to look at a picture and be like, oh my God, look at this epic lake in, in Switzerland. I'm going to go there. Oh wow. Look at this unbelievable Canyon in, in Zimbabwe. I'm going to go there. Like you could literally access anywhere. So um, Nicaragua really got put on the map as a really great surf destination as well as a really cool country with just a lot of cool stuff going on. So we were drawn to Nicaragua and um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because like we opened up this business and here we are. Um, I kind of knew that it wasn't meant to be part of my journey long-term beforehand because I had seen some some really kind of like not so good, pretty nasty parts of my business partner, which made me really question like, well, like your integrity is definitely not on the same like frequency as mine. And so, but we had worked so many hundreds of hours on it. I just knew that I had to see it through. And yeah, we opened up the hostel six months later, we had to close it because of lots of turmoil and corruption within the country. And essentially, yeah, that closing of the hostel in Nicaragua and living in paradise. So all my friends around the world um, thought I was living in, but in actuality, I was dying inside. I had so much anxiety and from dealing with my business partners and things going wrong. And um, so it was really weird. I had like moments of like pure bliss and then moments where I literally was like, oh my God, like I literally can't wake up another day in this hostel. So it, it was really, it was really bizarre times because I was like loving it at the same time, like absolutely despising it. So <laughs> it was it was really interesting. And then, you know, shortly after when we closed the hostel, I literally left the hostel with like a tiny little duffel bag with a couple of t-shirts, a couple pairs of shorts and my surfboard. And I traveled up through Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, Mexico City, had a really, really profound plant medicine journey uh, and surrounded by volcanoes in the mountains of Guatemala. 
And that essentially was really kind of the, the you could say the catalyst of my of my spiritual awakening really, really taking flight and starting to be open to the universe and so many things that I was not aware of before, which led me to New York, which led me to getting sick, which <laughs> led me to losing my health, losing motor function in both of my hands and arms, uh, which led me to, yeah, my spirit blasting off into the cosmos. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Um, yeah, that, that, that's interesting because you did, you meant, I, I know your, your story about going to New York and, you know, losing, losing your health for a period of time. When did you discover the power of the breath? Yeah, it was, it was a tough journey. You know, at that time when I got to New York, I, I, I like had so little funds I had absolutely no direction. I, here I was, I, I just worked two and a half years, like worked two jobs, my ass off um, to save for this hostel. And then like, here we are reaching our quote unquote dream. And then I just fell to pieces, like just crumbled in an instant. Like it happened so fast. It literally felt like it was like it within a week, like just overnight. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got to New York, you know, I was like, okay, what am I doing here? <laughs> How am I, what am I going to do? I, there was just so much like, you know, um, you put, I put so much heart and soul into that hostel and then it just crumbled in an instant. So I think the overwhelming anxiety that I had been feeling for months of being out in Nicaragua and then times like five that the months afterwards traveling through Central America. Yeah. My, my, my health just fell apart. Um, um, you know, I, my, my mom, of course, wanted me to go the Western medical route. I had already, I was already aware of that. They weren't going to have any solutions for me that doctors truly just, you know, not all of them have bad intention, but they just don't have a clue about how the body works and how health works. So I, I went to the doctors, they gave me exactly what I thought they were going to give, give me, which is, oh, I'm not sure what you have going on. Here's a bunch of pills, you know, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> and in journeying around the East Village and um, through the West Village and Hell's Kitchen and all throughout Manhattan, every single day I would just leave the apartment um, at, you know, I don't know, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning or noon. And I would just walk miles and miles and miles just observing people and stopping on park benches to just contemplate life. And um, in, in that time, I eventually just got to this point where I, I either needed to, I either was going to just go crazy in my own mind or decide to just let go and just trust that everything was happening divinely and beautifully. And even though I didn't know how I was going to heal, or I didn't know if I had some like really messed up rare disease that like no one's ever heard of, um, I just decided to let go and surrender. And in that time, I think my soul, my spirit started to just lighten and, uh, you know, and obviously not by coincidence, somehow intuitively, and I don't know if I received this download through walking around the cities or if it came through in dream time, but I literally just started sitting down every day and just started getting connected to my breath. And I started just deep breathing and, and kind of just started feeling this slow but steady calm started to just like a wave just taking over my body and just like, okay, this is like my this is like a place that I can go for safety. And so I kind of just kept, I kind of just stuck with it at week after week. And then all of a sudden we were at three weeks and then six weeks. 
And I can tell you at six weeks, I started noticing a, uh, just a, a huge improvement in being able to like kind of decipher thoughts of which ones I wanted to kind of subscribe to and which ones I were like, okay, like those are heavy. That's not, that's not the truth. Like what is true for me? And the breath really helped me started to just tap into deeper dimensions of, of myself. And th through after, you know, three or four months, that's when I hit October, it started getting cold. Um, by that time, like the inflammation, like the, the tr like crazy inflammation in my body started lessening. And I knew that I had to go back to California to kind of finish my healing journey. So I returned back to California and through lots of days of walking around the city, fasting, switching to an all uh, plant-based vegan diet, if you will, um, and using breath every day, I, I just totally healed. I had no inflammation. I totally regained function of my hands and arms. And I was really just like kind of just blown away and taken back and almost felt like, wow, the world's been gypped. <laughs> like, why, <laughs> like why, why don't everyone, why, every child should be learning this at four or five years old. Yeah. Every university student should be offered a class on their breath because right? It's the most Absolutely. fundamental part of life. And it's the only reason why we're in a human body and we know nothing about it um, for the majority of the population. And so, yeah, uh, when I when I really found the power of the breath, I, I just, I don't know, I was just in shock. I was in awe. I was in love. I was, yeah. I was there was so many things taking place, but, um, and just gratitude for just finding this power within me and this unbelievable healing mechanism that I've had all along that I finally remembered and discovered. Well, you know, Andrew, in, in terms of this, this powerful healing tool within us, I've heard you say before that we are all wired to heal. We're wired to heal. Why do you think the breath is, is this key foundational piece? I mean, we do, we talk, you know, we hear about food, we hear about all this other stuff, but why do you think the breath is so foundational? Breath is what brings us back into presence, right? Our, our society is so built around being validated and being called quote unquote successful. What is successful, <laughs> right? What, what does success mean? Because the truth is if you have a bunch of houses and properties and you've created six businesses, but you walk in your front door every day and you literally can't stand to be there you, you hate your family, you hate your life, you're on an excess of antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills with, with other pharmaceutical drugs, then what does it actually mean? The breath helps literally dissociate from all those things. It helps you become nothing. It helps you become nobody slowly because as you close your eyes and you get connected to this breath, which is infinite intelligence, as you breathe in consciously, you are you are breathing in ancient wisdom of the cosmos. And yeah, for some listening to this, maybe they think that's, um, you know, I, I love when people use the word woo-woo. It's so funny because what's described as quote unquote woo-woo is usually something that they just simply don't understand. Right. <laughs> and, and that and that's and that's the truth. Oh, that's woo-woo. Why? Because because you don't know anything about it, because you don't understand it. That's every single time I hear someone describe something <laughs> as that, it's 98% of the time exactly what I just described. <laughs> and, and so 
right? You have this business man, businessman who's like breathwork. Why, why would I try that? You know, why? Because he's been programmed to believe that it doesn't work or that because he doesn't know anything about it, he's judging it <laughs> because mm-hmm. subconsciously we know that there's something extremely powerful in the breath. We've been doing it for thousands of years. And if we want to go really far back, we've been doing it for hundreds of millions, billions of years on planets all throughout all throughout this universe. Um, it, 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 and, you know, I love saying that because I love saying that the breath is in your DNA because it really helps kind of paint a picture for people that it's in me. It's, it's literally programmed in you. God has programmed your breath being such an incredible tool to drop you into the present, to drop you into the now moment. And the now moment is always the place where you can most powerfully create. The breath is also, right, what is your is your gateway. It's your key to the autonomic nervous system, the central nervous system, the endocrine system, all these mechanisms that you'll never use unless you tap into your deep conscious breathing. Someone could be 88 years old. They've never used any of these extraordinary healing mechanisms that they've had wired within them because they've never had that awareness. They've never... Uh, been shown or or had that realization like, oh my God, wow, when I feel stressed or when I feel overwhelmed or when I feel deep rage or anger, I can literally close my eyes, feel into my body, get connected to my breath and literally say, okay, I feel you anxiety. I am not you anxiety or whatever you want to say. And I release you. And you dissociate from that anger, from whatever emotions you may be feeling. The breath allows us to constantly, in every second, it can literally be as we're driving, it can be as we're walking, it can be as we're literally just getting off a phone call, a business phone call. We can tap into whatever's present for us, feel into it with our breath, acknowledge it, and let it go. Mm. The breath is what allows us to continuously just check into what's alive for us. Because as I said at the very beginning, when I was explaining this, where we're so we're so fixated on everything material and everything physical, the breath helps you get out of the non-physical and into the universe. And and that's what we are. We are the universe in literally a flesh bag, in a, in a skin encapsulated ego. Yeah. And so the breath helps you tune into that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Andrew, I've heard you refer to it not so much as breath work, but breath play. How do we how do we mm. play with our breath? Yeah, I, I love referring it to especially, you know, in a workshop when, um, you know, when when a woman comes up to me or a man comes up to me and says, wow, Andrew, that was you know, one of the most powerful things I've ever done to date in my life. But man, it was a lot. It was a lot of work. Or something like that. And I'll say, was it though? And then I'll be like, well, what what do you mean? I'll say, was it a lot of work? <laughs> and they'll say, well, is this a trick question? Uh, I say, I'm, I'm challenging you because that's your perception, right? When the next time you do a workshop with me or someone else, or, or you sit down on your bed just to do breath work for maybe five to eight minutes, Try to change your perception and, and look at it with a childlike energy, a playful-like energy, that it doesn't have to be hard or work. You can, in, you can enjoy. You can decide to enjoy as the creator that you are, that you're not going to look at it as something that, oh, God, I got I to 
I'm going to do my breath work today or like, should I really take 10 minutes? Is it worth my time? <laughs> and if we want to talk, if we want to go there, in fact, <laughs> the breath is actually the only thing that refunds your time because it actually extends your DNA, which is made of telomeres. It actually extends the shoestring on the end of the telomere, giving you more longevity and making your life longer. So yes, absolutely. It is worth your time <laughs> in every sense of the word. And uh, yeah, you know, I just think it's, I think it's just really beautiful to be able to kind of display and sometimes say, you know, just, just maybe throw in there in one of my workshops or in one of my zoom sessions, you know, like, you know, dimensional breath work, or should I call it dimensional breath play, right? Because we should always do everything in life with that same childlike energy, because truth be told, we are viewing life through the same eyes as when we were four years old, five mm -hmm. years old. And That's now we get to choose, okay, how can I cook? How can I breathe? How can I do this sport? How can I play with my children with this, with this uh, light? childlike energy. So I think it can really kind of just help maybe shift someone's perception on, on, on going to a workshop or showing up to a session going, Oh God, this has got a lot of work and going, no, I'm not, I'm going to decide not to look at it that way. So, right. Cause everything at the end of the day is all perception. One could look at the planet and go, Oh my God, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. And then for me, I decide to wake up and go, wow, this is such an extraordinary opportunity for humanity to thrive together, to come together, to unite together, to heal together, to let go of all the old stories and paradigms and systems that we've once thought to be true. What, what a gift. What an opportunity we've been gifted. That's what I choose to subscribe to. So we can always just look at everything with a playful-like and childlike energy, you know? Mm, that's beautiful. Andrew, uh, months ago, we had James Nestor on the show who wrote that, who wrote a great book on breath. And I was just wondering, yes. were there some, were there some breath teachers or practitioners that have influenced your work? Some, some breath, uh, breath rock stars out there? Yeah, I, you know, James has a very, uh, I appreciate James work so much. Uh, I think it's really for all the breath masters out there. I always find it fascinating. I just love listening to everyone's perspectives and viewpoints on how they convey the breath. And, you know, I, I respect, like I said, I respect James's work um, so much. I think he's amazing. He spent so many hours doing research and bringing more of the science to it. Um, my, my knowledge of breath comes much more from a deep knowing with inside me and, uh, knowing that I have within my DNA. And there's some things about breath that I don't even know how I know. I, it's just, I just know it. <laughs> mm. And it's, it's just, it's just, it's just in me. Um, there's been things that James has said that, you know, I necessarily don't, don't agree with, and that's totally fine. Right. Um, he said, he, one time he said something about, um, like the ancient yogis, something about pranayama and like not being necessary. You don't need to, to do all those pranayamas. And yeah, maybe there could be some truth to that. But the yogis in India were actually using pranayama, not for coincidence or just because it was because they just mistakenly started using all these different. No, they were tapping into different dimensions of the self. By using different breath styles, you are healing trauma in different dimensions of the self, as well as healing trauma of different parts of the physical body, energetic body. And the fact that we also hold trauma and emotions in our chakras. So um, 
you know, I, that was something that's something that he probably doesn't know. And probably and that's and that's beautiful. We all get to share different uh, perspectives uh, of each uh, each breath master or each breath yogi or whatever. Um, I definitely was very influenced by um, ancient principles and yogic principles. I, I, I just as a human being, um, I, I was definitely inspired by whim by whim for sure. Uh, I just love whims like childlike energy when he's talking about the breath. And I, I, I think the reason why I, when I first got into it, while I was studying a lot of like Tibetan and yogic principles of breath, I also was very drawn to whim because we both share, like we're very fiery and very passionate people mm. and, and also like very silly people as well. So like, I think we both share that same kind of like spunky childlike energy so yeah, it'll it'll cool. be fun one day um, in the coming you know whatever months or years when uh, women and I are at the same uh, the same workshop or the same festival or uh, or whatever that is the same summit and we get to you know share a conversation about about breath and our journey and um, all that good stuff. It's awesome. That's awesome. So Andrew, I'd love for you to talk about the role of nature in your life. In particular, you were telling me that you're moving to the, the forest. Um, what is the call? What is the draw of nature in you, for you and in your life? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I just did a video about that literally, I think the day before yesterday or no, literally yesterday. <laughs> and um, it's been something that I've known since the moment I got back from India in March, 2020, when all this began, um, I was led to India to really, I guess you could put it as receive training <laughs> to be a beacon of light and, and one among one of the many leaders, uh, during, you know, these coming years and decades, but we, we've become so disconnected from all the beauty of this planet. And we've been so disconnected from ourself, being so attached to things in the physical realms that we can see, um, viewing that this couch, this couch is mine, this car is mine, this this property is mine, uh, I own this land. Uh, when in truth, from the highest consciousness, none of that is ours. We don't own anything. <laughs> uh, everything that we see in this physical existence is simply borrowed. It's it's borrowed energy. This bar this. This body that I'm looking at right now, as I look down at my hand, is is borrowed energy. And you know, when we leave this physical body, when we leave our body in this lifetime, that energy will return back to the Creator. It will return back to Source. So, getting, I, I feel, as we move um, through these extraordinary times, we will return back to nature. Um, Right now, we're, we're, we're going through some really unique times where we're seeing protesting all over the world, and it's all necessary. Um, right now, it's where we're supposed to be at. But I'm here to tell you that, that that's not how we're going to do this. That's not how we're going to bring in this new embodiment on Mother Gaia. It's going to be literally choosing to leave the systems, to leave the suburbs, to leave the big cities, and create our own new earth outside of the city limits. That is going to be where it's gonna take place. So in doing that, once we get more connected to nature, we get more connected to our breath. That leads to getting more connected to our food. 
that leads to getting more connected to living in community and conscious community, right? Also leads to getting more connected with the plants, the animals, the mycelial network, getting our toes grounded on the soil, uh, getting our hands in our own food, literally putting our energy from our fingertips into the food that we're growing as we walk in our backyard and we uh, give love to the tomatoes and the Swiss chard and the kale and the, and the cabbage and all the amazing fruits and vegetables that we're growing just right outside of our door. This this is being a part, one with nature is so much a part of us because we can't exist without it. We can't exist without the animals. We can't exist without the plants, the trees. And, you know, we have people, right, that are sitting at a Starbucks drinking four Starbucks a day that would go, what? Whoa. Like that wouldn't even resonate with them because they have, there's zero connection to anything outside of themselves other than the physical. Getting connected to nature, taking walks in nature, living in nature, and understanding that all of this is a part of us and we're not separate from it is what helps us continue to ascend during this time and what helps us to continue to get just more connected to uh, our higher self, the universe. Um, and as we spend time and listen to nature, it just it just opens us up to so many other realms and dimensions because, you know, the galactic beings that are helping us through this extraordinary time of transformation, they look down at us and they say, silly humans, they just are so <laughs> small minded. They, they don't know anything outside of their car, their health, their wealth, their job. They just think, oh, my name is Bob the plumber. I'm uh, I live in Kansas City and I do this job. You're, you're, we're so much more than that. Yeah, totally. Well, speaking of listening to nature, my dog is howling in the background. So she totally agrees with you, just so you know about that whole, that, <laughs> the, that whole message. <laughs> um, but, um, but Andrew, if someone actually is listening right now who is feeling powerless and hopeless about their life right now and about their future, Maybe what would be one thing you would tell them if they were with you right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question and something that uh, a lot of people out there need to heal, uh, need to hear, right? And heal. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, I think the number one thing, Drew, especially for so many people out there, um, we've seen hundreds, hundreds of millions taking place, uh, hundreds of millions of spiritual awakenings taking place on this planet. Uh, particularly since 2012. Um, why? Because 2012, we experienced a harmonic convergence on Earth, which means that we uh, we received an immense amount of galactic light entering planet Earth from the central sun in 2012, which triggered tons of awa spiritual awakenings. So, in the last in the last 10 years, this planet has changed so dramatically um, in frequency-wise and vibration. Um, so for the people who are literally just waking up maybe this year, like in the last like six months or maybe even one month or two months, um, it's so important to know that, yeah, you're not alone. Um, there's so many people alongside of you and so many people that are looking to find their soul tribe. And, and um, the most important thing is that for me, I every day I wake up, I am so ecstatic and excited because I know so, 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 so deep within me, the beauty that awaits us in this lifetime. There will be things 
on this planet that if I showed you what the that if I showed you a video, an hour video, what this planet looks like in 40 years, you would literally pass out on the ground. <laughs> you actually cannot believe what this planet will look like in 40 years. And, and when I, when I, if you can just sit there and try to imagine whatever you imagine times that by 10 or 20, that's mm. how epic it's going to be. Mm. So when I, when I wake up, I hold this knowing of the beauty that awaits us. So the, the, one of the most important things I would say, especially for the community of beautiful souls who I love so dearly, um, so many of my colleagues in Health Freedom for Humanity, um, you know, they're, they're on their own journey, right? I, I would say I'm definitely probably the most, uh, you could say, like deep in, in, in the spiritual realms of, of all of us in our, in our tribe. Which is which is why I'm a part of it, uh, which is what my guides told me back in April in 2020. Um, I'm here to kind of link the esoteric world, the spiritual communities, and like kind of the I guess you could say truth warrior freedom fighters, <laughs> mm-hmm. however however you want to uh, word that. But um, I think it's just so important not to get stuck in conspiracy. Um, we don't need to do that anymore. All the truth will be told. Now it's time to focus on solutions and put all of your intention and energy on healing and becoming your highest self, becoming the highest version of you. So dissociating with all the programs and all the lies you've been told that you're not enough, that you're not beautiful, that you're not powerful, holding on to shame, guilt, anger, you need to let it go. Uh, It doesn't belong to you anymore. And as you let go of this old paradigms, these old stories, you literally not only heal yourself, you not only heal your bloodline, your DNA, your family, you heal the collective consciousness, this planet that we're all connected to. So now is really the time to go deep within ourselves. Trust that everything's happening beautifully, divinely. We're right where we're supposed to be. And in truth, we're actually doing phenomenally. Um, We couldn't be in a better spot. Yeah, for sure. It's going to continue to appear as it's getting worse. Um, I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. It's actually just getting better and better every single day, every single second. We are becoming more light and the darkness cannot hide anymore. It, it it's literally can't hide. There's literally massive, those massive giant lights that shoot up in the sky. There's billions of them shining on earth right now. <laughs> and, wow. and, and the darkness can't hide anymore. Um, and all that's being purged. So we're right where we're supposed to be. If you're just awakening in this year of 2021, you're not alone. There's so many souls whose spirits, whose souls are coming to life. And I would just, you know, really urge you to start to get a, a form of relationship with your breath. Look at it from a childlike, playful, like perspective. Um, I've seen hundreds, uh, over a thousand people now have their life transformed literally just from getting conscious of their breath. Like, mm. like, like it's that simple. Yes. It's that simple. Mm. Just by getting connected to your breath and realizing that you don't need some damn doctor with a, with a white coat who doesn't know shit about health to tell you what you need. <laughs> You're your own best doctor. Absolutely. That's the truth. Andrew, my final question, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 30 years or or so, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? Mm. Wow. 
What 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 a question. Yeah, I know. Um, if I was to travel back 30 years in time, uh, I would probably be educating myself on the ascension that's going to happen and what role you're here to play. Mm. <laughs> no, uh, I think I think one of the things I would um, I would tell myself is don't get caught up in all of the things, all the little, all the small stuff, all the small arguments between a friend or your partner or a family member. Just remember forgiveness. Um, mm. Forgiveness is such a key part for us really elevating in consciousness because you, by holding on to all these old things, you can't elevate when you have all these deep wounds and pain that get stuck in the body, that lies in the form of energy stuck in the body. Mm. Don't take uh, so many things so seriously and just go like, just live life playfully and and know that, you know, there's going to be challenges and that's okay. You, your soul signed up for this. It, it's not something that's happening to you. It's actually, everything is actually always happening for your highest evolution. Mm. Uh, it may, it doesn't seem like it, but it is. That, that really is the truth. And that's something that Ram Dass used to say in many of his talks. Everything's always happening for you in your highest evolution. Everything, mm. even the darkest of the dark is always leading you back to kindness, to love, and compassion. And, and that's ultimately why we're here, is to literally become those three things, love, kindness, compassion, understanding of one another, and understanding that uh, we're not separate. <laughs> we're, not se we're not as separate as we were led to believe. And yeah, I think that's the wisdom I would impart on my young <laughs> self. That's beautiful. Andrew, for people that want to learn more about you and dimensional, your, your teachings, your dimensional breath work, where should they go? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got some pretty exciting stuff going on. Lots of just really, really fun, amazing partnerships just continuing to happen. Um, I'm going to be leaving Instagram soon. Um, probably in the coming, like I say not like right right now, but I'd probably say in November, I, I'm guessing that I'm probably gonna be off it. Um, I, I feel this is the message I received two weekends ago. And of course, a lot of people won't agree, but I feel this very deeply. Uh, our work on the corrupt satanic platforms is, is pretty much done. Um, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, it's now time to move over to platforms that actually care about the planet. So I'm going to be moving all my work over to a platform called Conscious Vitality. Uh, I'm going to have my own show there called Ascension Connections. That You can do live streams. Um, you can post just like you can on Facebook and Instagram, uh, all of it. So it's only the beginning stages of Conscious Vitality. And I felt like waves of like, yeah, full body yeses like I've never experienced in a conversation in my life. So yeah, going to be continuing to um, do sessions for child trafficking on Conscious Vitality, as well as uh, you can find me on andrewgenoveshealing.com. You can find me on uh, on Instagram at Breathe, Heal, Evolve and Andrew Genevieve's Healing for the time I'll be there. Um, and yeah, if you want to stay up with my work and my show called Ascension Connections, you can get on to Conscious Vitality. You can subscribe to my website. I'm going to be sending out the um, my affiliate link to get on Conscious Vitality. Um, a lot of us light warriors are moving over there. So it's gonna be really cool to see what that turns into. 
All right, great. We'll link up in the show notes too, so people can head over there and, and check all that out. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on today. Epic, Drew. Thanks for having me on, brother. Appreciate <laughs> All right, keep up the great work. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.